The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Good afternoon, everybody. Eric Franson, AJ Salveson. Thanks for joining us on a Thursday. Whether you're listening to 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, or streaming us online, 1069thefan.com. Appreciate you tuning in and joining us. Or even if you're listening to this after the fact on our podcasts. Uh, we appreciate it. Love having you with us. We'd love to get your feedback as well. Agree, disagree, call us out. We love to get the feedback from the audience. Text in at 435-339-0321. Or feel free to call us at 435-752-1069. Several different things to get through today. Uh, The Mountain West announcement, which happened while Ajay was on the air. I wasn't here with you yesterday, but it happened while you were in the midst of everything yesterday, Ajay. Uh, Give us a little bit more chance to break it down. Utah State has now set their calendar for for how they will prepare for this new schedule. but who will they play? What will it look like for Utah State? Because there's a lot of moving parts here still. Other group of five conferences are making their announcements. And uh, we'll also look at the Utah Jazz. What did they do yesterday? What may be on tap tomorrow for them? Or who will even be available tomorrow? Injury bug kind of creeping up on the Utah Jazz. And the latest from the bubble and uh, what's going on also with Major League Baseball. So a lot of different things to get through today. Love to get your feedback and your thoughts about what's going on. 435-339-0321. First of all, Ajay, um, let's let's get to the Utah State news. Um, The the Mountain West yesterday announcing they will do an 8 plus 2 schedule. And this is... Kind of different. We haven't really seen too many of these. Usually it's a 9 plus 1 or conference only. Uh, but there was even some talk that the, actually is it the Sun Belt? They want to try to do a full 12 games. They want to have four non-conference games still on their schedule. So you can clearly see that there's a, a different philosophy among the group of five than there is the power five. Group of five teams... They need those non-conference games uh, for multiple reasons. Uh, But there's also perhaps some opportunity here if a group of five teams can get some games in early September, the Power 5 schools will not be playing. It gives a little extra attention to those schools. Yeah, uh, that's that's the biggest question is how much attention can they get? And 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 are you okay filling your schedule in with – with those smaller quote unquote universities. Like, for example, BYU can't be beggars at this point, right? I mean, they've been they their schedule has been nearly shredded to pieces and, and with the Mount West Conference um scheduling announcement, that's huge for BYU. But you still need to figure out some holes. They scheduled Navy as a season opener on September seventh, six o'clock start mountain time on ESPN. That's a big Big get for them, to yeah. be honest with you. And even if they have to travel the Navy, they'll do it. They have a great tie relationship between the two. Uh, both are uh, both head coaches are Polynesian, uh, have known each other for quite some time. Both are LDS in the church and active. Uh, and so it's it's a good get for both. But 
you know, for a team like, for example, the Big Sky, and there's a Big Sky announcement you're going to bring up here in just a moment, I know. Um, they've got, you know, they've got smaller schools who need some help to get games in. Southern Utah right now is supposed to be getting, I believe was what I read, a $300,000 payday um, from Utah State for, for going, coming up to Logan and playing at Maverick Stadium. Um, but there's an announcement that might shake that loose a little bit or in the fact that Mountain West Conference has said you cannot have games any earlier than the week of September 26th. And and with that, you know, some of these schools are going to be hurting financially if they still can't get get things figured out with their schedule. And that's that's another part to it is when, is when we said, hey, once we get the schedule together, you know, financially things will work out. Well, the schedules have come together, or at least the, the conference alignment, or not conference alignment, conference announcement for their schedules has come out but yet there's going to be some schools that are still hurting because they don't get that money because either their game is before the 26th and they need it to transfer to some other date, but there's no other date available, or that their date for their game um, is is going to be filled by something else or by an opponent that they can actually get a payday from. Boise State's in that kind of a similar situation as well. Well, yeah, Brian McLaughlin earlier today reporting that uh, the Big Sky is uh, is out. He says, one source is telling me more than two-thirds of the schools voted no today to playing this fall. Huh. Uh, he says that uh, the recommendation by the athletic directors, of course, they don't make the ultimate decision the school presidents do, but the recommendation by the athletic directors was an eight-game conference schedule in the spring with a school's choice to play three non-conference games in the fall if they can or if they choose to. Uh, the, the presidents will make the final call uh, on what they decide to do ultimately, but that has not yet been made. I uh, there was a, I mean, What was the thought that they'd play some spring ball, right? Is that what you're saying? Is that there would be the conference games in spring – and they could play what two to three games in yeah, the there's fall. A, there's a chance. There's kind of well. The recommendation from athletic directors is that give the Big Sky schools an opportunity to play non-conference games in the fall, and by and large, most of those will be with FBS Division One college football teams. Mm-hmm. Let us still play those games because it means a lot financially for these small sure. institutions. Sure. Uh, but then when it comes to conference. Let's just do it in the spring. But honestly, does that work? Do you ramp up? You have a fall camp to play two or three games, and then you just shut it down, and then you gear up again in the spring? <laughs> just Can you yeah. afford financially to do that? And that's hard to do for the kids as well. It's, it's I mean, really... I understand you have spring ball, and you do some of those things, but I don't know, man. No, it is. You're right, Eric. It's, it's hard for the kids to go out there and – and say, hey, we're going to play three games in the fall. You're going to rest. And, I mean, to get the body and the muscle back into action after you have some time to rest or whatever, then you have this long break, and then come back and play in the spring and expect to not have any serious injuries is crazy. Well, it's really like two seasons. Yeah. It, I just, it's and then, and then And then what? You turn around and come back and play in the fall right, like a full season? That to me doesn't make a whole lot of sense. That's odd. It, it's, but what else do you do? 
because if everybody's going conference only, even if they do these plus one or plus two, because the big sky in the Mountain West, they overlap. Sure. But uh, but if the Mountain West isn't going to start until September 26th, then they're going right into conference play shortly after that. If I'm a big sky football You don't have very many opportunities. If I'm a big sky football player, I'm saying bag it. If you're going to make us play two seasons in one season, I ain't doing it. I mean, that's, that's too much of a risk. Like, let's come back when we actually can have one full season in one actual season. 12 games in the fall, not three games in the fall, eight games in the spring. It's crazy. It's dumb. Um, And I would imagine, yeah. And with that, I wouldn't be surprised if, I mean, the rest of the schedule is pretty fluid for Utah State. Or is it? I mean, you get a chance for more player development. What do you mean? Don't you? I mean, you get a chance to work with your guys, uh, get them in some game action, take a break, and then the springtime, rather than just running scrimmages and practices, you're playing games. You get more development again. So you want them to go play these G5 or Power 5 opponents in two or three games. Most of them they're going to get blasted in. And then turn around and come back and finish their season in the spring? Because you think it's good for development? Right. Don't you get more practices and more more games? No. Like, I mean, look, if you want to do that, you just have the season in the spring and you just practice all fall and all winter and get ready for the spring. You don't go out there and put yourself up against, you know, Utah State or, I mean, BYU is going to be a heck of a team too. Utah. You don't go risk your kids out there for three non-conference games which will have no effect on your conference season and then turn around and say, yeah, let's go play conference football in the spring and you may not have half your guys because they're all in the uh, injury department. Like, really, I mean, you think about it. Those guys who come out and play these bigger teams suffer that. Utah State suffered it against LSU last year. Um... I, I in '04 when I was a manager, uh, we went to uh, Clemson. We, I, it was I mean, we were what in the Sun Belt, and it was stupid. It was a bad job scheduling. Um, but we went to Alabama for the season opener. Then we went to Clemson, just over the midway point of the year, in the in between in the middle of conference season, and we had guys dropping like flies at Clemson. I mean, they were just bigger, meatier, tougher, better, faster, the whole shebang. And they proved it on the field, and we had kids just dropping all over the place. So then we were playing, I mean, you're playing backups for the last three, four games. It's not worth it. But that's that's the life of Southern Utah and Weber State. If they want to, they have to play these games against a group of five teams. They want uh, sure. to go a chance to but do it ball during- out and show that, hey, you missed on, on an opportunity to get me or... You know, it's it's. There's a lot of in-state rivalries of guys that they played against in high school. It's, it means a lot to them. Okay, so it's let me a paycheck what, for I, them. I know I'm not a big hypothetical fan here, but let's play the game. Utah State has to play three non-conference games during the fall. It could be Washington, Washington State, and BYU. Okay, they take a break and then they come back in the spring and they play the Mountain West Conference football schedule. <laughs> How attractive does that actually seem in your head right now? It just it just sounds so weird. Yeah, and it's not a good idea either. 
luckily, <laughs> luckily Commissioner Thompson's a little bit smarter than that and, and, and wouldn't risk his kids like that in any way, shape, or form. Not his kids, but the athletes of the Mount West Conference. I just, I don't think it's, it's the best decision, and I don't think it's good for the kids. Again, like, and that's the other thing, is that some of these commissioners are making decisions based on a payday. They're not making decisions based on the kids' health. They're not following that little stupid statement they put out on social media, or they have the PR do actually for them. Some of these commissioners could give a flying crap about the kids' health. They don't. They want the money. The kid wants an opportunity to go get reps, absolutely. But no, they want the money. Of course they do. If you want to fund gymnastics, if you want to fund volleyball, oh, if you yeah, want to no, fund scholarships, screw for the funding, screw the women's funding. basketball. We're talking about you kids need college health. football to no, happen. You, we're again, we're talking about money instead of kids' health. I mean, some of these guys. I mean, are I mean, we're talking about eighteen to 20, 20 year old kids. And again, I, I'm not questioning. Who are the least likely group population to get sick. Jeez, you sound just like some of these people on Twitter. <laughs> Eric. Just saying. No, it's a, it, we're, we're talking fact. about kids' health. So we're going to risk a kid's life to go play a football game on the gridiron? Now, look, they want to be out. They're absolutely they're passionate well, not, about. No, we're just going to ignore concussions? We're not going to include oh, so concussions now, oh, in this discussion? So now we're going to bring concussions in the conversation. So now you well, want to skip kids the whole COVID-19 no, COVID discussion, but you want to talk about concussions. That's well, how it's going to be. I'm just saying we can't have That's one horrible. and then have the other. That is ridiculous. Like again, I'm and, and I mean this. Like I'm not when I say conference commissioners, I'm talking about the SEC, the ACC, hell, even the Big Ten because their whole thing is, yeah, we are going to play. They were saying that in April, and some of those athletic directors were falling right in line because they're like, yeah, we want to play, we want that, you know. $2.5 million check when we go to the uh, college football playoff. But then you have conference commissioners who actually read the statement that they have wrote and that has been posted to social media that we are thinking about the health and concern of our kids. There are some out there, at real commissioners, who actually do follow that saying. And I believe we have one in the Mountain West Conference, and I definitely believe we have an athletic director here at Utah State and a department that does follow that. But, but I mean, we are talking about kids' lives, 18 to 20 years old. And you know what, Eric? If one of them gets sick and dies, I mean, heaven forbid, please. Like, and I'm not encouraging that in any way. But with the way COVID is and as aggressive as it is, if one kid gets sick and he gets seriously ill, yeah, give me. I mean, we're throwing this stupid money conversation out the door. Out the door. When are we going to start thinking about the kids and, and stop thinking about the presidential flashcards, the bank account that looked that you know what and, and and you know what if we do if we are still worried about money, Eric, then let's start donating to Utah State. They have a great athletics donation apartment up there. What write a check and, and 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 turn it into the donation apartment and let the athletic department take that check and fund it towards these athletes. If that's what we're so worried about is the money then Aggie fans need to be donating to Utah State. That's where the money should come from, is the wonderful Aggie fans who are loyal and Aggie Nation. Donations help, there's no question, but it can't take care of everything. It's so expensive to operate these Definitely. These yeah, and look, the $1.5 against Washington, it kills us, absolutely. That sucks. 
That is devastating. And you know, and I'm sure a lot, I'm sure every single one of those athletes and the coaches included were excited to go to Washington and give it their all against a good Husky team and to have Washington State with Nick Rolovich come to Maverick Stadium. And we wanted fans in the stands, and well, I mean, it was great. We had a great vision of it, and I think Utah State's done a wonderful job there. But COVID-19 is in control, and I think we forget that. You know, I think we forget that COVID-19 does make the decisions, not the commissioners, athletic directors. It is COVID-19. And when and based on that, then you can uh, you can make a decision from there, which I think the Mount West Conference and Utah State has. Well, look, things are trending down right now. Things are on their downward trend, at least in Utah. That's good. Uh, things, I think, are, are moving up a little bit in Nevada, which isn't great. But uh, I think there are a lot of different indicators that are showing that, A, this population, this age group, is less susceptible to having issues. Sure, there are some kids who maybe have some pre-existing conditions that you have to be extra vigilant. But there's also... When they're on campus with the health protocols, with the experts, with the nutrition, that they're going to get more care and more help and better direction being on campus in that environment than if they were left to be on their own, in their homes, wherever they may be. Or even if there wasn't practices, if it wasn't organized, if it was just, uh, yeah, you can be on campus, but we can't practice, then there's less chance to keep them safe. And if we're going to talk about the safety and put that as a, as a, the, the paramount top priority, then let's talk about all the other issues with keeping players safe when it comes to playing the sport of football. What do you mean? I just think that there is there is a level of risk you take when you step on and onto a field or sign up to play, and it's there is risk. You understand there's risk. You sign up for it. You're okay managing that risk or dealing with the consequences of of, the, of your actions. But it is really no different in the chance I might get having a concussion or getting my brain scrambled. I'm already understanding there's a risk that that could happen to me when I play football. There really isn't that much of a difference when yes, you say there is because there's it's a COVID-19. risk. It's not eliminating the this risk. Is, it's just mid- understanding what it is. You can't limit the risk in a football game with COVID-19. You can't limit that. You can't control that. You, you, an athlete can control going head to head with another football player. They have tried to eliminate those kind of uh, injuries. And sure, there's times we're going to go up for a ball, come down, and you might land on your leg wrong. Absolutely. But we're talking about COVID 19, where, Eric, if you go and you go head to head, or at least contact with somebody and you share sweat, saliva, or whatever the hell it is, guess what? You go and test the next day and you're positive for COVID 19, and then you get really sick from the symptoms. What? What? It's, I mean, dude, I mean, we're talking about a bland of sweat on somebody else, and all of a sudden you're It's not you're positive. sweat, it's droplets from your mouth. Okay, droplets from the mouth, body, arms, nose. whatever. You, mouth and nose. You go and give your friend an elbow bump, but he's sweating on the elbow, and, and uh, what? You're not going to contract the virus you don't, from You don't know sweat. that. You don't know that. You don't know. If we uh, get, when we put I do these know, athletes I just, together- because I had to today, I went through a 53-page document given to me from the Bear River Health Department. Oh, that's brutal. Okay. That <laughs> oh, it is, quit your pity me party. No, I'm just saying, <laughs> don't tell me I don't know. I'm not an expert, but I did have to read a lot of inf- information because 
we've had some employees recently test positive. Okay, so so okay, so from a business from, and what happens and how to mitigate that risk for others who have to still come into work. I had to go through all that. I had to talk to their local epidemiologist today. Okay, so from mouth, whatever, I don't know, what, however it gets translated, it can happen in a football game. Yes. It can happen in 60 minutes on a grass field that you could get COVID-19. What are you going to do? Are you going to ask him to socially distance block? Hey, please socially distance guard your guy six feet away. Do not get any further or any closer. It'll be past interference. Oh, that's why they're putting these extra shields on the face masks. Oh, you still got to guard. I mean, yeah, but you're still going to touch and, you're and tackle, tackle a guy. Doesn't mean that I'm going to be spitting you, all over their face. Well, you you don't know how dirty players can be. <laughs> five three three eight. Doctor Salveson needs to calm down. Hey, five three three eight. Tell Doctor Franson to calm down too, <laughs> Mister Fifty Three Page Report guy. I'm saying that we are putting kids at risk by playing a. Full season. I, I think, I, I mean, if it were right. me. And you put, put kids at risk by signing up to play football. Again. The they, risk exists. It's about managing that risk. You can't manage COVID-19. COVID-19 sure manages can. the field. No, you absolutely can. Ma- no, you can't. When you're doing team meetings, you, you wear a mask. Okay, that's you don't team sit meetings. Next we're to talking about other. playing on a football field for 60 minutes or for 75 plays. We're, I mean, we're, we're talking about. We're talking about being contact on a football field when you're covered for with gear minutes. and there's stuff over your face. I mean, yeah, you're going to tackle your arms are going to tackle their legs or whatever. You're going to bump each other. Yeah, but as long as you're not breathing into each other, okay, breathing it in. So then, time out. So that's if, where it gets if spread. That's the case, why can't we give high fives? Why can't we shake hands? Why are we terrified to go shake somebody's hand? Why can't we give a high five? Why can't we? Uh, Go, uh, you know, sit, what, two feet from each other and not talk. What's the point? Like, why, why can't we give high fives to each other? Help me. Because it comes from the mouth. In my hands, I haven't been touching my mouth. If your hands haven't been touching your mouth and but, my hands haven't been touching mine, we could. Great, let's give each other a high five then and, but and, I have and no, end this theory. I have no guarantee that you have, and you have no guarantee that I have. So but that's why we wear we, masks. That's we why we sanit- wash our hands but, and yeah, use hand sanitizer. Yeah, that's why we hand, hand sanitize. So the players should be able to go out and what, MLB players should be able to go out and, and give each other a high five. None of this air high five stuff. They should be able to gather and you know high five this and handshakes all you know all the whole shebang. What are we Butt worried slaps about? And the, and the whole gamut. Hey, but wait, wait, wait! Time out. And if it comes to the mouth, then NBA players, right? Because they're not wearing a mask while they're playing basketball. Shouldn't we be worried about that? I mean, well, that's different. That's ter- they were tested and screened before they went into this environment onto the campus, and they've been continuing to be tested and screened in that environment in that campus. And as long as they no one in or out brings it with them, you're okay in that isolated area. That is the very big difference between what's going on in Major League Baseball and the NBA. Major League Baseball is going all over the place. The NBA is isolated. Football's so they don't need to wear masks. Football's going all over the place. They will. That's why you, you need 130 isolated bubbles, not one big bubble for all 130 teams. Because as long as your campus is doing proper protocols, keeping your kids clean, uh, masking up when you're in team meetings, separating, not going to house parties, then when you go to that other school and they've done the same things, you should be fine. 
Hmm. Okay. All right. There, there's, you cannot eliminate the risk of COVID-19. All you can do is manage the risk. Again, you can't manage it. You can only, I mean, you can go play a game and then pray like heaven that you can, that you will not get it. But I think the chances are higher and the risk is higher to get it. That's why I feel like, I mean, uh, your, your text line is probably going to light up at me for this, but it, I just think it's too, it's too scary to play a season this year. Let it settle itself and hopefully it'll move out of the way. Next year we have a football season and we're not worrying about this. We're talking about, you know, next year we'll be talking about fall camp, starting on time, games, starting on time, great schedule and, and fans in the stands and our Aggie Nation being able to go out and watch their uh, watch these Aggies play a game of football and, or go into the spectrum and, and be loud for Coach Smith and the Aggies. We don't have to worry about that. I mean, I love sports too. Trust me, that's why I'm doing a show here with you. But I mean, we're asking way too much these of, See, of, of student athletes of to go out and risk their lives so you can get the entertainment and a and and the universities can get a quick buck at a at going to play a football game or a basketball game. And I'm telling you, I mean, if it is financially a concern, and you're right, donations don't add up as quick as a, a game of Washington. But if fans are as worried about that as they make it seem, then donation to Utah State Athletics will go a long ways in helping out. That's that, that's true, yes. <laughs> yeah, it is. You bet your life it is. And you know They have some great people you can go donate to. I know them, and they're wonderful, wonderful people. All right, with that, we're going to take a call time out here on the Full Court Press. I'd uh, love to hear you weigh in on this. Uh, our... Are these conferences putting their players at unnecessary risk? You take the stance that UConn took, said it's only about money, or really are they just saying that because they couldn't schedule anybody, so that's the easy way out? Or is it just about managing risk and it's really not that that difficult? We'll discuss that. And uh, the more news from Utah State and their schedule, uh, how this affects their timeline with the Mountain West announcement last night, We'll get into that and uh, what's going on in the NBA bubble. Coming up next here on the Full Court Press. It's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and A.J. Salveson. Quarterback and transfer from Utah University, Jason Shelley. Do you expect to be the starting quarterback at Utah State? I don't really expect anything. I'll really go out there and try to earn it. Andrew Peasley, he's been here. He knows a little bit more of the team. He has the leadership qualities and everybody looks up to him. So I got to compete in everything. I got to earn respect from the team. I got to earn the trust. I'm going to go out there and try to do the best I can and let the chips fall where they may. Weekdays from 4 to 6 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan, the new home for the full court press. Weekday afternoons from 4 to 6 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Eric Franson, AJ Salveson. See, Are we just, putting players at risk? You're just being angry now. Now you're just getting after me about things. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not angry. I'm not angry about anything. Very chill. Very chill. Look, this has been a really interesting discussion because 
uh, college football, the NFL, football overall, they've seen that certain types of injuries can lead to some serious health effects later in life, notably concussions. And for the longest time, it was, uh, you're being weak. It's not that big a deal. And then guys have, with multiple concussions, have serious problems later in life. And so there's a concussion protocol that's now been put in place. First concussion, you're out immediately of the game. And then there's a certain amount of time, certain things you have to do to clear the protocol before you can start practicing again. You get a concussion again. That window expands. The things you have to do, it becomes uh, the monitoring just amps up, right? So we know it's a very serious thing if you get a concussion. And uh, it's it's gone down to the high school level as well. Like soccer uh, has more, actually, concussions than, than most other sports. But So we understand that there are certain things that, that could happen to any player. There's a risk that's involved. But you still sign up to, to to play the game. I understand the risk. I'm still willing to put myself out there. But I also know that there are systems in place to help me by the system, by the, the coach or the athletic department or whatever, the trainer, to help me to recover if this risk happens to me. It's really it is not any different with what's going on with coronavirus. These conferences, these schools are putting systems in place to test, to make sure they isolate, make sure they follow the protocols. I guess that's the real question. There, there is still some question, though. I will give you this. Not every school, not every conference is doing the same thing. That's why there was some concern with Pac-12 players. The Big Ten uh, had players uh, voice some similar concerns. Uh, we've known all the craziness going on in Fort Collins right now at Colorado State. So uh, it's not equal. Again, it's the, the NCAA is impotent on this. They have no power. They have no authority. And they have no leadership in setting the standard. They're leaving everyone to their own devices. But the bottom line here is that these schools are trying to figure out ways to keep their players safe, understanding what the risk is, and saying, we think we can still manage the risk. It's still inherent. It still exists. It's not going away. It's just, can we manage it in a in a justifiable way that we can still do things, still play the sport that you love, still give you chances to play, and maybe get noticed for another opportunity uh, up the chain. And this is what these these. These players, what they live for. Granted, if there are some who feel like they are just being treated as cattle or as uh, you know, opportunists, then then that's a whole different story. And I think there are there are coaches out there like that. There are schools that have those problems. I'm not going to deny that, but. From what I understand about Utah State, I don't know all of their protocols that they're putting in place for their return to play. But from what I know about the individuals that are involved and have been involved before, I feel pretty confident that they're they're honestly trying to do the right thing to keep their players safe. They do care about player safety. But your question is, do they care about player safety more than just trying to play the game? Yeah. 
Yeah, I think I, that's just that's not mine. That's the Pac-12 players. That's the Big Ten players. That's a lot of Power Five players right now. They have that exact same question. The thing is, is with the exception of Trevor Lawrence, everybody else in the country probably needs a college football season. Trevor Lawrence is a given draft pick, number one, hands down, bar none, tank for Lawrence is a hashtag all of a sudden. But there's a lot of guys who need a football season if they want to be able to show off to the scouts, the college, or the NFLs, the league. They badly need one if they want any shot. I think that's a big thing to it, too. Kids if if you're a senior right now, man, I feel for you. So yeah. much uncertainty. Yep. Uh, whether you're going to get a chance to finish it out. Yeah, that's what that, that's a great point you bring because up. Because if you think that the NCAA might say, if you missed your season, uh, you you have the opportunity for an additional year of eligibility. But it's up to the schools to decide that. Based on what we saw in the spring, <laughs> schools aren't going to give that extra year. No. Oh, heavens It's no. going to screw up their... Their rosters for a couple of scholarships. Seasons. Yeah, it would mess it up so They're badly. Like, you know what? We feel bad, but sorry, can't afford to do it. Yep, absolutely. Yep, I'm with you. Yeah, I would definitely agree. They they need a season, even if it's just a conference season. The other question to this all, if I may, it kind of is a jack step, but um, college football playoff and all, are they just going to test it? I mean, they'll just go by conference champions, right? Because some will have that opportunity to go play a big-time school, maybe. Uh, but these Big Ten, SEC, ACC, I mean, the college football playoff committee is just going to pick them by, what, conference champions? Because there's no outside schedule. Like, Oregon and Ohio State would have went a long ways to helping out in Week 2. USC, Alabama in Week 1 would have went a long ways, you know. But now the playoff committee doesn't have those kind of resumes it's going to make it a little bit more difficult, wouldn't you say? I think it will be. It will be more challenging. Still, They'll have to see how well did they do in your conference schedule? How did you do in your conference championship game? They're still doing a preseason top 25 poll that came out today. Coaches did. Coaches poll came out today. I haven't even seen that yet. Doggone it. I'm about to look right now. Holy heck. Utah's not even in the top. Well, Utah's number 20. Wow. They're really young, though, aren't they? If I remember right, they're pretty inexperienced this yes. year. Extremely inexperienced. Clemson got 38 first-place votes. Ohio State, 17. Alabama, 4. So that's your 1, 2, and 3. Wow. Georgia, LSU round out the top five. Not a single group of five team in – oh, no, sorry. Take that back. UCF comes in at number 21. Cincinnati at 22. So right is, is UCF the new Boise State? Are they the new darling or the new Cinderella of G5 now? I think they had a darling moment. I don't know can they based be on con- who their head coach is if it'll be sustainable. I was going to say, can it be as consistent as what Boise State was for seven or eight years? I mean, what was I mean, Boise State what started the whole shebang in 07? Early 2000s. Early 2000s? But I mean, they made their first BCS appearance in 07 in the Fiesta Bowl versus Oklahoma. And then continue to trend of, what was it, like four or five straight years in the BCS or something like that? Not in the national championship, but you're playing in the Fiesta Bowl. And, I mean, and then they had great showings in their, uh, in their preseason, or I guess their non-conference games versus Georgia, Virginia Tech, so on and so forth. 
And I kind of wonder if UCF is going to be that new Boise State, which by all means I mean, they is have great. the potential. I mean, just look where they are geographically. They're yeah. going to have a great pool of resources from talent and just where they are uh, in the middle of Florida. They're in Orlando area. Uh, it, it's a growing metro. Um, they're going to have a lot of things going for them if they can continue to play their cards right. Um, I don't know that I believe in Josh Heupel to be able to do that <laughs> at that level. Yeah. I think That's, he'll have moments, but I don't think he's sustainable. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm looking at this top uh, this top 25 poll, Eric. You have one ACC team, one Big Ten team, and then three SEC teams in the top five. Three. And then you have, I mean, a Big 12 team shows up at six, a Big Ten team at seven. I mean, Oregon doesn't even come in until ninth. And Notre Dame's at tenth. I don't know what... What what people see in Notre Dame, A and M who's at thirteen, and Iowa State's at twenty five. I don't know what people are seeing in those squads because I don't think A and M's that good. I think they're overrated. I think oh how Iowa State's going to lose in the first three games, definitely. Uh, and I think Penn State ends up falling apart by early part of their portion of conference schedule. Penn State usually falls apart. James Franklin kind of just uh, just. Make some really weird decisions in big time games, and then well, he's and they got lose some them. top players that are opting not to play this year. Yeah, which is huge, absolutely big right now. I uh, now the defensive player now I can't think of his name. Uh, likely to be a first rounder, defensive end, I believe. If I'm not mistaken, saying he's going to opt out. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I and again, I think some of those guys need a season. I think opting out is going to allow the league to say, you know what, he didn't play, but I've got better film and more film on this guy from Ohio State, Alabama, Georgia, LSU. Uh, Clem- and like I said, Trevor Lawrence is the lone exception who can opt out this year and still be the number one freaking pick in April of 2021. <laughs> Probably. Hey, uh, I want to make one thing clear. Yes. If a player opts not to play this season out of concern for coronavirus for themselves or – a family member in their household, I hold no ill will towards them. No grudges. Totally your choice, and I totally understand. I don't think they should be shamed for not playing. I think we just say, thanks for what you did before. Hope you stay healthy and stay safe, and you move on. Yeah. There's things that are bigger than football. Um, I think some players are you know, worried about their older parents, and such, or family members, like you said. Um, I don't know if any of them have kids or anything like that, but yeah, I, I know it's a major concern. Yeah, so you bring up a great point. That's a, that, that's a great way to put it. Love it. So, uh, based on my conversation earlier and the points I was making, what you're saying, I don't want people to be misconstrued that if somebody chooses not to play in that environment, that I disagree with their opinion because I certainly respect that opinion. Hey, uh, Aggies are going to move fall camp to August 24th, a Monday, if I'm not mistaken. It was supposed to start this week, right? Yeah, it was supposed to start like two days ago. The other thing, and it's kind of a late note towards the bottom of the release by uh, the wonderful SID Doug Hoffman, but uh, put that about the SUU game, that they will need to reschedule that game, whether they do that this year or in future date, Eric. Yeah, Southern Utah was originally scheduled to play Utah State on September 12th. USU will not be able to start their season until September 26th. 
And by that point, Southern Utah's schedule, they're in conference. and They don't have a – as their schedule looks like now, it doesn't look like they'd be able to, they'd have a day. to work it out. Because the following week – so Utah State would, would uh, could start on September 26th, but they don't have a, an opponent that weekend. So right now, the USU schedule season would start on the following week, on that Friday, October 2nd, against BYU. Hmm. So, and then what, after that, they're right into conference play. What do you do if you, I mean, do you just try to, I know someone hit you up on Twitter um, about taking an opponent from a future date and saying, you know what, you may not have a season, so why don't you come play us now and we'll take care of this game and then try to fit somebody else in. Is that too late to do that, Eric? <laughs> Ajay, uh, here's an illustration. BYU and Navy. Uh, brainstormed 24 hours ago and have a, a game scheduled for this season, <laughs> early for the season. <laughs> so anything is possible right now. Everybody's got disruption. Uh, it, what's weird, too, is uh, there's news that Middle Tennessee and Troy are doing a home-and-home home in the middle of the season. Wait, so they're playing each other twice? Yes. That's, you know, and that's not a horrible idea. So I, I think that Utah State... Maybe finding another independent like BYU to come in to help them out with their schedule or finding another group of five team to play. I think finding an FCS team is, is going to be hard to find, especially if they all decide. Yeah. The Big Sky, notably, decides we're just pushing everything into the spring. Uh, so, so Mr. Howitz probably have to look in for opponents right now then, wouldn't he? Oh, he'd have to. I be. mean... Conference USA or anybody who will take you. Conference USA, does American it have to Athletic. Be, does it have to be a home Belt. game or can they go on the road? Like, like if a Conference USA team needs a home game and you need a game, can you go on the road and play them or do you have to play them at home? I don't think it matters. Okay, does, okay. I know I know that's one less home game, which sucks. But if you can get a 12th game, in, I mean a 10th game into there somehow, that, w- that wouldn't hurt. Well, let's see. So, how many games? How many home games would Utah State have at this six, point? Six, right? Well, well, sorry, minus Washington. So you're looking at five. Or is it so still the home six? games would have been Southern Utah, but we don't know about that one. Yep. Uh, so what we'd have now, what we know for conference is San Diego State, New Mexico, Fresno, and Air Force. So. They only have four home games. Oh, dude! So they do need a. So home they're going to really need a home yeah, game. Yeah, they do. Okay, never mind. Because I, I, I'm with you. I think that Southern Utah game is nearly on the fritz. So you're looking for another home. Yeah. How many? So if they if they do get Southern Utah home by some miraculous way, their schedule's pretty much set because they get BYU. Right, they have be their okay. two non-conference games and then their uh, regular okay. conference schedule. Okay, and we're still going to BYU as of right now on October 2nd. I've heard rumor that they could maybe move that game up a week to September 26th. And they play, or yes, yeah, it'd be on a Saturday, it'd be September 26th. But then you'd have to find a game for October 2nd. Or, or unless you want a bye week. And then, and, then, and then you don't play that second non-conference game and you just play conference. Which you could do, which one kill you, would it? I mean, because you're just playing for the Mountain West Conference Championship anyways. You're not playing anything for any more than that, are you? Uh, well, 
I, that, that sounds horrible. Uh, I got to find a way to rephrase that. But I know what you mean. I, yeah. I, I think it would still be more beneficial if they could find another game. Okay. All right. Boy, it's going to be tough to find an opponent. This oh man. I mean, like, but like you yeah, said, but everyone's in chaos, and so everyone's looking Conference for somebody. Conference USA, American Athletic, they're all looking yeah, to They're all looking for people to dance with right now, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, Sunbelt. Sunbelt wants to play first part of September. Yeah. They want to take advantage of the open window. I don't know who they're going to play. I was going to say, it, or what is there? What Power Five conferences are allowing a plus one, plus two? Uh, ACC. Okay, but, but they're they're, they're plus up one. With somebody, aren't they? No, but their plus one was has to be within your home state. Oh, okay, gotcha. Okay, um, are they, is that it? Or Big Twelve? Have they? They haven't said anything, right? Uh, they were going to do a a plus. Because if they can, if you can, oh, they are. Because BYU is hoping that they'd be the lucky candidates for some stupid reason. Um, if you could somehow find, sounds crazy, but a Big Twelve team, that'd be kind of cool. I'd be okay with that. Texas Tech. Please, please do it. I beg of you. Football gods, allow Texas Tech and Utah State to happen. Find a way. I'd be absolutely okay with that. Uh, Big Ten, they're doing uh, conference only, conference isn't it? Only, yeah. They're and they're all... not even splitting their conference. It's just all bunch into one. Yep. Two highest percentages get to play in the championship conference championship game. Yeah. So. I think the options are kind of slim for a power five. Uh, Big 12 is doing a, a nine plus one. They haven't revealed the full schedule yet, but they've adopted that model. Nine conference games and one non-conference. So... Maybe, I mean, maybe you can convince a Big 12 team to play Utah State. I doubt they would agree to come here to Logan. Nah, it'd have to be a bottom-tier team, wouldn't it? Or I guess even the bottom-tier teams would probably feel like that's a... How does Wyoming do it? How does Wyoming get some of those teams getting up to come over here? <laughs> Nevada, too. I know, we've had Wake Forest, which was awesome. Washington State was supposed to come this year, which would have yeah, been I mean, it's wonderful. Happened. Yeah, it's happened. Yeah. There was an announcement that uh, Oregon's going to do it in the future. Yep. Yeah. Uh, 27 and 28, I believe. Which would, it's going to be wonderful. That's going to be awesome. I'm excited about that. Uh, so it's just the Big 12 and the ACC. Those are the only ones Those that are the have ones? the uh, okay. non-conference game. But the ACC's got a, they've got restrictions with that, don't they? Right. Uh, okay. And you know there's going to be a lot of schools clamoring to yeah. fill that non-conference void. Man, the SEC could have really made something out of that and made some rivalries too or continued some rivalries Yeah, with preserved that. some really that's, interesting games. That's too bad. Yeah, that's a that's a bummer. All oh, right, crap. continue to this discussion. Love to get your thoughts it's about 50? college football oh, and uh, whether the, the games should still be played or not.
And what do you think about Utah State? The announcement they will uh, begin practicing August 24th. Yeah. They could begin play September 26th, but they currently don't have anything scheduled for that week. Who would you like to see? Is there an opponent out there that you'd love to see the Aggies go up against? That's a good question. Realistically. yeah, Yes, realistically. (laughs) We'll talk about that next on the Full Court Press. Dad, here's my list of words I wish would go away. Coronavirus, social distancing, unprecedented times. How about quarantine? While the horses under the hood of a new Ram truck aren't quarantined, when are things going to be back to normal? I'll tell you one thing that's for sure never going to change. What happens every year in July and August? That's right. It's time for the famous West Motor Rodeo Day sale. Rodeo or no rodeo, this is our biggest sale of the year, especially since it's our 75-year anniversary. That's 75 years that West Motor Company has been Cash Valley's number one selling Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram truck dealer. Wow, 75 years? That's even older than Grandpa. That's right. Right now, we have a few remaining 2019s that we're almost giving away and huge discounts on 2020 models, like a new 2020 Ram 1500 Warlock for over $11,500 off. Don't forget, get two West Motor Rodeo jackets with every purchase and free 75-year anniversary West Motor t-shirts for the whole family just for stopping by. WestMotorCompany.com The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Eric France and Ajay Salveson, Utah State might need to find one other team to fill their schedule if they can't get it figured out with Southern Utah. I love this question. So who would you like them to fill it with? Be reasonable. Yes, please. Be, give me some kind of a realism here. Here are your options. <laughs> a Big 12 school. Probably less likely, but still, Big 12 is saying we will have yeah. one non-conference game. We'll yeah. allow our schools to have one non-conference game. And, BYU, and Utah State's an attractive opponent. Then you also have any group of five or independent. Sorry, what? Utah State's an attractive opponent, I think, for... I mean, it's not a BYU, but it's an attractive opponent for um, coming out of the Mountain West Conference. They've been semi-competitive. You know, semi-competitive. From a Big 12 standpoint, here's a team that's not going to be a total pushover. They're not going to probably come in here and challenge us. Yeah. So they'll be a good tune-up game for us. You know, but and then some of those teams who have that mindset and then welcome those kind of lower teams in end up on the wrong side of the scoreboard at the end of the game. That's uh, happening. And not only are they paying them one point five million, but they're also taking an L as well. Taking a loss. So who would you like to see? You know, the, oh man, th- this was such a fun question you asked. I had to think about it for a little bit. Um, you know, I'd actually. It, it sounds weird. I wouldn't mind playing like an Iowa State. Out of the Big 12. Um, Texas Tech would be really, really fun. I mean, for heaven's sakes, Eric, they just scheduled Houston Baptist. I mean, come on. Hunky-dory. Like, come, like, like let's, let's set it up. You Texas Tech? I mean, and could you imagine the storyline? You know what? You would be on college game day. Not that you'd be hosting college game day. You would be a focal point of college game day. Are you kidding me? Matt Wells, Matt former Wells coach of Utah Gary State Anderson? versus Gary Anderson. Former mentor. Yeah. Henry Collinby, who just was stole there, his quarterback who was away. supposed to be the starting quarterback, is now at Texas Tech versus Jason Shelley, who Gary Anderson stole from a school down south. Are you joking? How many storylines? And, dude, our show and our pregame with Al Lewis and our postgame with Al Lewis would just be lit up. 
See, I think Big Twelve, while it may sound great, I don't really think that's no likely. So give me I'm G5 thinking what, teams. Yeah, what I think is probably more likely is perhaps somebody from Conference USA like UTEP. Not <sighs> that far away geographically. Yeah. Or maybe like North Texas. See, Aggies like, used to be in the same conference with I North like, Texas. I like, yeah, Sun Belt. Bodie Reader was there, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. So there's some, there's some fun storylines there. I love, Great the, recruiting I love ground. the North Texas idea. That would be a good matchup. Or does uh, John Hartwell pull some strings with where he used to be with Troy? Yeah. That, I mean, but belt. that is a long trip for Troy to come across the country. But yeah. I, I, I still think they... They want to play football. They'll or do you go the independent route and send a lifeline to like New Mexico State. You know, yeah. They boy, they're in they're in deep hot water, aren't they? Why not hot water? They're just in they're in a hole that they're just trying to do. I mean, especially with the governor, you know, sending this this plea to not play football. I feel bad for the Lobos and, and for the New Mexico State squad. What about New Mexico State may be able to figure out like it's BYU frankly is in the same boat. They may be able to figure out one or two games. But what do they do in October and November? Yeah, that yeah, when that's everybody's huge. doing conference only. Hey, what about like Army or Navy? Is is Army are they full? Army is an independent. Navy is not because Army's got the Air Force game. Navy's got the Air Force and BYU game. Is Navy independent? No. What conference are they in, Eric? This is sad that I'm asking you this. We'll have to find out on the other side. Son of a gun. Stick around, everybody. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. Usually the PGA Championship is golf's final major. Maybe it's a little lower profile than the other three, but this year it's different. The PGA goes first. The U.S. Open is next month. The Masters in November. The British Open will hold off until next year. This week, we get to see the best golfers at Harding Park in San Francisco. So far, it's been fine not having fans at golf events. TV ratings have been great, and I'm curious to see if it will really feel like a major without the roar of the crowd. Majors always have extra energy, and that's why Tiger's performances on the big stages are so amazing. So many golfers have trouble performing under that pressure. It will be different on an empty course, but golf fans have to be thrilled. There's a deep pool of high-level guys, including Tiger, this week. There may not be fans, but the stakes are just as high. In fact, high as ever, and the competition is going to be a whole lot of fun to watch. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise.